Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us. Whether you're a member at Parker Ford, regular attender, or just coming across this online, it's great to have you with us as we continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. In our series, we've called A Path Forward. What we've been doing is we've been looking at Jesus' kingdom teaching in the Sermon on the Mount as an alternative way for us, as children and followers of God, to be in his kingdom now. He says the kingdom of heaven is at hand and then he teaches us how to live in it in the Sermon on the Mount. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 to 20. We're really getting close to the end of the sermon at this point and today's teaching is titled Good Fruit, Bad Fruit. Before we get into the teaching and the scripture, let's pray together and invite the Lord to teach us and be the one who's leading us. So Father, we come before you today anticipating that you are going to teach us more about who we are meant to be, who you are, and what your kingdom is like, and how we can live in it. Lord, we would pray that we would be a people who produce the fruit in keeping with your spirit and the fruit in keeping with your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I grew up in Southeast Asia for a fair portion of my childhood, and one of the things I miss the most about living in a tropical climate in Southeast Asia is the fruit. Believe it or not, the fruit that is available to you and I here in uh, America in our uh, temperate uh, climate is very, very limited compared to the fruit and the flavor profile that's available for people who live in a tropical setting. I remember when I first moved back uh, from the Philippines, I was about halfway through high school, and it took me over a year to be able to eat the bananas that you get here in America. I'm not kidding. We had banana trees uh, in my yard. <laughs> we, we could get fresh bananas um, at any local market or store in the Philippines that are just, it's hard to describe their sweetness, their deliciousness, and it took me so long to be able to even stomach bananas here. Now I love them, and I eat them all the time. I don't have a problem with it, but it's been many years uh, since I lived there. I love good fruit, and I love that the Bible uses the imagery of fruit repeatedly to talk about what it means to be in the kingdom, what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus uses this imagery. Paul uses this imagery to produce good fruit is to be walking in line, abiding with Jesus in step, in keeping with his ways. To produce false, rotten fruit, to produce the type of fruit that you bite into and realize it's not what it appears to be, is to be out of step with his kingdom. There's something else deceitful going on underneath the surface that's causing this type of rotten fruit to be produced. So Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, we've been looking at it through this lens of offering us a path forward out of the ways of this world, out of the gridlock of our culture, and into freedom in the kingdom. So today's passage, it offers us a path forward out of a life of bearing rotten fruit, It offers us a path into spirit fruitfulness, and it offers us, I think, a path into being a people of deeper and fuller discernment. The passage comes from Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 15. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So there's a type of person that comes, and it looks like an innocent person, a sheep, an innocent 
person, the type of person that you want to be around. God calls us to be sheep in many ways, even though sheep are dumb. But he says, beware of the person who is in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there's something else going on within them. They're a ravenous wolf. You will recognize them by their fruits. So how do you know such a person? You know such a person by the fruit that they produce. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by your fruit. Remember that the the whole remainder of the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, starting in last week's teaching through the end of the sermon, is based on this idea of being a people of obedience. It's not enough just to hear the information that Jesus offers us. We actually have to obey it. Last week we talked about the imagery of the narrow gate and the wide gate, and I quoted Dallas Willard, and I just want to read that quote again because it's so still connected to where we're at today. Willard says the narrow gate is not about doctrinal correctness. The narrow gate is about obedience and the confidence in Jesus necessary to it. We can see that it is not doctrinal correctness because many people who cannot even understand or don't have the capacity to understand the correct doctrines nevertheless place their full faith in him. Moreover, we find many people who seem to be very correct doctrinally but have hearts full of hatred and unforgiveness. The broad gate, by contrast, is simply doing whatever I want to do. So the narrow gate is obedience. The broad gate is whatever I want to do. Remember this imagery that Jesus is talking about here. A sheep, uh, a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing who produces bad fruit. Beware of this. This is about obedience. We want to be a people who hear and then follow. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Skyjatani says in his little devotional, What If Jesus Was Serious? Jesus did not intend his sermon to be a beautiful ethical theory or a righteous but unattainable ideal. The evidence is overwhelming that he expects us to do what he taught. He expects us to produce good fruit, in other words. Jatani says, just as the Israelites responded to Moses, we are to respond to Jesus by declaring everything the Lord has said we will do. Plainly, Willard says in the Divine Conspiracy, plainly in the eyes of Jesus, there is no good reason for, for not doing what he said to do. For he only tells us to do what is best. In one situation, he asks his students, why do you call me Lord, Lord? and not do what I say. Just try picturing yourself standing before him and explaining why you did not do what he said was best. He made a way for us into easy and happy obedience, really into personal fulfillment. And that way is apprenticeship to him. It is a Christian disciple, a Christian discipleship. His gospel is a gospel for life and a Christian discipleship. And this is all about obedience and producing fruit. Jesus says in verse 17, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Just a quick note, how does, how does in our lives maybe 
how does this idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing show up? Clearly, um, it could be a, a religious spiritual leader. It seems like not a week goes by that we don't hear the story of some big, well-known leader who has had a massive moral failing, or the stories of, of lesser-known leaders um, in our lives who have had um, moral fa- failings. And it's so disheartening to hear those stories over and over again. So it can certainly happen on a spiritual level. We know that it happens on political level, on a governmental level. We know that on military, it happens. There's an abuse of power that seems to take place in so many different realms of our lives. Think about teachers abusing students, coaches abusing athletes, um, pastors or elders abusing congregants, uh, military leaders or dictators or kings or presidents or on and on and on it goes. Jesus is the type of leader who is exactly who he says he is, whose life bears fruit in keeping with his teaching, and he is inviting us in walking the narrow gate of obedience to be the same type of people who produce the fruit of the Spirit in keeping with the type of person that he is and that he's called us to be. One way that this might also show up um, in our lives in a Western culture is our obsession with celebrity. We have so many people in our culture that are just famous for being famous. They're not actually good at anything. They don't produce anything of value. They're just known for being known. You know the type of celebrities I'm talking about. I don't wanna name any of them and and tear them down. I just wanna say we have a culture that is obsessed with celebrity and that has absolutely crept into the culture of the church. New Testament scholar Scott McKnight consistently warns against the idolatry of a celebrity um, a celebrity culture in the church. So much of our popular culture as well as popular Christian culture is driven by a longing for celebrity, a longing for notoriety, a longing for more eyeballs to be on us. But what are the types of spiritual fruit that we should be cultivating in our own lives and looking for in the lives of those we listen to and follow? We should be looking for the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, the famous passage, Paul takes um, this imagery of fruit bearing, rotten fruit and good fruit, and he compares what it's like to have rotten fruit and what what it's like to have good fruit. He says, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Very related to what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 7. He goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We are to be a people who not only have discernment and awareness of our leaders and the type of life that they're living, but also the type of people that in hearing the words of Jesus are putting them into practice, and as we abide, 
we will bear much fruit. Abide in me and I'll abide in you and you will bear fruit, Jesus said to his disciples. And I believe he continues to say to his disciples today. So I want to invite you today to read Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 to 20. Take some time to meditate on these verses and ask the following questions. What kind of fruit is being cultivated in your life? What is the type of fruit that you are producing in your life? Are there any branches in your own life that Jesus may be pruning or desires to prune? That's a painful question to ask. I have certainly been pruned at different times in my life, and I'm sure there's things that Jesus continues to desire to prune in my life. And so let's ask that question together. Jesus, do you desire to prune anything in my life that I might produce more healthy fruit? And how might this teaching offer us a path forward today? I hope this is an encouragement to you. Be blessed. Go with God. Have a wonderful day.